Who are you going to call for all your karate needs? Honor Athletics, of course. 770-945-5150. HonorAthletics.com. And hey, guys, don't forget to use the code WILDCATDOJO as you're checking out for your 10% discount. As always, thanks, Honor Athletics. I second that emotion. I second it. <laughs> this is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hey, and welcome to another show. I'm Sensei Michelle, and I'm still with Sensei Jackie. Hi. And Landon. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. And our guests today are Paula and Eddie. Paula was on the show at the very beginning when we first started doing shows. And she had this great idea that we do an episode on go bags. And we said, heck yeah, that sounds great, right? Oh, Oh, yes. And we finally talked Paula and her fiance, Eddie, into being on the show. Say hi. Hey. So glad to have you guys here. Yeah, thank you for having us on. And this show is about go bags, which are also called get kits. So happy that you guys were able to come. Thanks for having us. We're we're really uh, excited about it. In all fairness, Landon's a fan of go bags. He's a, a preparedness kind of guy. And I think we all are in our own way. I think so. Now, just for fun, let's go over some of the names that these bags are known as. I am going to take this first one, the bug out bag. That's my nephew, Charlie's favorite. And it does come from the Air Force term bailout bag, which they used in the Korean War. And the bag was also known as Bob, all capital letters. That's how they had it written, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's the good bag, G-O-O-D, which stands for get out of Dodge. Wow. And then there's the inch bag, which stands for I'm never coming home. See, now those three really sound like a bummer, and that doesn't have to be the way it is, does it, guys? No. Okay, we've got the quick run bag. What else? Got a 12-hour kit. And maybe even a battle box. Yeah, that one sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) That one sounds like it'd be full of weapons. Yes, it does. (laughs) Small weapons. I always like to start these things with the history, so I'm going to do that here. I found my stuff on a site called Go Forth Goods, and they sell Backpacks and stuff. Really beautiful stuff, too. Go forth goods, yes. But they had a really nice history on rucksacks, which is where this all started. So the rucksack has been around since the beginning of people moving from place to place. In the 17th century, when men started sailing, the bags couldn't withstand the wet salt air. So men started making bags out of old sails. At the time, there was only one city, Duffel, Belgium, that made sails. So they became known as duffel bags, like from the city of Duffel. According to Go Forth Goods, it can be spelled D-U-F-F-E-L or D-U-F-F-L-E, whichever way you like it, right? <laughs> Very cool to know. Jump far, far ahead and we're at World War One, right? Yes. The duffel bags were a huge hassle to carry, so many of them were left behind. After that, there were just improvements upon improvements and It was only after World War II that they became popular with the regular population. And the straps were added so you could put them on your back. Right. And now it's so common that no one would have ever thought there was any kind of history there. You would have just thought it was always there, don't you think? That's right. And that people always had backpacks, whether it was for a school bag or to carry things. Or to get out of Dodge. Or to get out of Dodge, right. What do you guys use? Do you use backpacks or fanny packs or suitcases? Well, I think depending on on the use for it and where we store them, we we have a little bit of a different bag for each purpose. Yeah, it's a little bit of all the above, I guess. (laughs) And how do you choose your bags? 
Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think when you're just getting started, just anything will do to to get going, like any kind of backpack that you might have around the house. We do have one that's like a military grade yeah, I'm strength. I'm not sure what it's called. Like- they have like specific tactical backpacks that are a little bit tougher, some that are water resistant or waterproof. And they just kind of withstand the elements. So it kind of depends, you know, if you're going to be out camping or out in the in the forest or anything like that, you might want something that's um, a little bit tougher and that can kind of repel water. But if it's something that you're keeping in your car to grab it quick or anything, you know, you don't necessarily need the best bag. But I think it's just something to get started with. Just a regular backpack is fine. But basically, the point of the bag itself is for emergency. It could be a short, quick emergency, or it could be even three days or even a week. Yeah, I, I definitely see it that way. Like, what are you trying to prepare for? Like, what what could an impossible emergency be? And you kind of build the bag for that purpose. It could be small, big. It could be waterproof or not. It just kind of depends on the type of situation you could see yourself potentially in, and to see how the bag can help make that emergency feel more like uh, like an inconvenience. That's a really good way to say it. I love that. Us. Now, Paula, you and Eddie start us out. Just give us an example of a couple that you have. So I'll talk about the in-house go bag. So we have one for each of us in the house, keep it in the closet. Typically, this is a little bit bigger bag. This is if something was going on and we needed to get out of the house quick can grab that bag and there's some bottles of water in there, some non-perishables, duct tape, uh, another knife, like emergency blanket, things like that, a flare, fire starter, even even some cash in there. So you can just grab that bag, get out of the house and, and you have enough with you to help get you through a couple of days if you needed to safely. Do you put in a couple of days worth of clothes or one other set of clothes or anything like that? Yes. Eddie actually figured out this method. Um, You take a pair of socks and then he stuffed extra underwear, a pair of shorts and a a t-shirt inside the socks. And it just makes this nice little compact extra set of clothes. So we have extra clothes in there. And um, I have some like rain resistant pants, hat, things like that. What do you do about your papers, you know, passports, things like that? Do you have the special wet bags for them? And do you keep those with your house bag? How do you deal with all those important things? I think, well, first we have copies of a lot of this stuff so that they can go in different places, but we also want to make sure it's all secure and not just easily accessible. So we do have a safe in our house where all of that stuff lives, but there's like, I guess, go versions of that too. So if I had to run in there and grab copies, I have a separate plastic bag of that. Some of the originals are in there and, you know, just being strategic to know that it's safe within the house, but it's also like a fireproof safe. It's locked with the key that we both have access to. And if we did have to quickly move, we can get to it and just take the whole thing with us, or we can take a small piece of it with us. What about you, Landon? I know you have a survival kit. Uh, So I actually have a hurricane kit but that I keep year-round for other things that I might need it for. But it's mainly for hurricanes. So around the start of hurricane season, I go in 
and I have a waterproof bin that's really easy to move. And when there's an actual storm, I have a rolling cart that I can roll if I was going to some place. But in it, I have water. I have multiple flashlights. I have food that's prepared. I have some extra batteries. I have some tape, lights, whistle, some weather radios, things that you wouldn't think about right away if you had to leave your house, but things that could really help you. So Now, when you say you have a waterproof bin, what you're saying is that's the container you keep it in. A sensei. And this one's for you, Eddie, and for you, Landon, or Paula. And we can we can chime in here anytime we want, Jackie. When you do the, the perishable food, is it mostly power bars or is it mostly meals ready to eat, MREs? That's a great question. I have not yet purchased the MRE. So uh, I would say it's power bar type granola bars, tuna in those little packets, some easy to open smaller canned goods and things like that. But I haven't done the MRE. So none of us has actually gone out and tried any of the MREs yet. No, no. We should put that on our to-do list for this year. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Let's order a couple and try them out. Right, so. and, and we'll we'll tweet it out. Aww, <laughs> see how I got that in? <laughs> okay, I'm back on track here. Um, I'm going to compare my survival kit. Now, my survival kit is a lot different from you guys is because I live in a mobile home, so I have to leave my home. And I put in our survival kit things like a shower that you can use with your hose and lanterns and cooking like sterno and stuff like that. So it's really not so much to go as it is to come back to, which is kind of a backwards way of looking at it, isn't it? Uh, It's really interesting though. But it is a survival issue just the same. And of course I should check it every year, but I usually check it when they say there's a storm on the horizon. And I'm like, oh, Jay, we got to go buy a new shower hose. This one got a hole in it. And then what does he say? Get some flex tape. (laughs) There we go. Awesome. Don't you work for flex seal? Yes, they do. That's funny. <laughs> okay, do you want to mention one more that you guys have? Because I think you have a, a teeny one that you carry with you. Um, yeah, we have a tiny one, but I guess it's two of them that go together in our cars. We basically have a what we call our get home bag. That's our car bag. It lives in the trunk, and it's basically the idea if we were to break down or something happened to us on the road, we can grab our bag and be able to at least get home if, if it's close enough, but also be able to kind of camp out if we need to for a night. That's a really good That's idea. smart. What do you do about the portable banks of electricity that you can plug into to charge a phone or something like that? Do you keep those with you? Yeah, it's actually in the car bag. There's one that we have that's actually rechargeable like on its own. So you kind of, there's like this crank on it. Think of like a, I guess an old school window of a car. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of we crank. have a radio that has that and it has yeah. the charger for the USB on it. We got it at the Red Cross, guys. I think it was $50. I'm interested in how you remember to keep it charged. I don't think we remember to charge it. Uh, I remember now. Yeah. This is a good reminder. <laughs> but I, I think that's the good part of this specific one because it's like a six in one charger. It has like USBs on it. It has like a radio and all that kind of stuff to it. But it also has that crank. So if we were to grab it, it's like hanging off of the bag. So I could literally walk and crank it and it would be fully charged within a couple of minutes. Oh, nice. I love that idea because that is something that I would keep in my car all the time. Yeah, the car. Is this also a car charger? Oh, no. But we also have a battery charger for the car. That's like a portable one. So even if you didn't have a person to plug jumper cables to, you can do it on your own. Yeah. We know that. We all have that. I just broke one. I have to get another one. 
Okay. So most of the episode so far has been focused on self-preservation in an emergency, but there are some other things that people do get kits for, for example, survivalists and preppers, doomsday preppers, doomsday preparation. Ah, I said that right, didn't I? Isn't that what it is? Yes. That's what they're known as. Just for fun. If anybody has any information to share on that, I would be interested in hearing it. Me too. I can speak on it a little bit. Uh, We are far from doomsday preppers. Um, You know, we feel good about some of the stuff we've done. And then you watch a video on on one of those people and it's like, wow, they are prepared for literally anything. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's definitely a level of commitment uh, that they have above and beyond. But a lot of those people, I, I find they have basements with just storehouses of food, non perishables. Some people buy seeds and have seeds that last for a a long amount of time so that if everything was cleared out and they had to plant their own vegetables and fruit and everything that they have these seeds, the MREs seem to be popular as well. And just food supplies that last for five to 10 years or more. And, And just having a ton of supplies on hand, basically. It seems that everything I read says that there's some sort of a water purifier. Yeah, that's some of the stuff we pull from that. Since we don't go, I guess, off the deep end with the doomsday prep, there's some great tidbits we got out of it. Like the inside of the car, actually, we have these life straws. That that's the name of it. Where basically, think of us. That's the one I got. Yeah, so it's like it's really cool. It's maybe like a foot, and like basically, you could turn any water into purified water and be able to drink through it like a straw, which is pretty awesome since That's it's like so you never cool. really know what water source you're drinking from. Wow. Well, don't you think that from here on that the survival market is just going to get huge? People are becoming used to thinking about it. Yes. I made a funny joke to my mom that I need to keep toilet paper in my survival kit now because if you don't know, I don't know where you've been, but <laughs> during COVID... Toilet paper vanished. People hoarded it. Oh, people hoarded. (laughs) And it's back now, though. It's back. I think this whole uh, coronavirus situation has made us rethink how we prepare for a shelter in place because it was always kind of like, well, if we need to go, we'll grab this and go. And now it's, well, what supplies do we have here in the house that can get us through X, Y, and Z in, in the event that we can't leave. It's not safe to leave. So I I think this has been really eye-opening for that and helped us prepare a little bit more. I think that's a a really good point. So do you have um, a shelter-in-place go kit? Or even a list? list, Yeah, what you keep? I think we've started the discussion and it started with kind of just, okay, what do we have in the house? And let's start to get it in specific areas. You think you might have something, but When's the last time you saw it? You have no idea where it is. So it's just kind of, you know, getting the things that you might need into specific places, uh, whether that be a bin or a drawer or whatever, and kind of just building the non-perishables up a little bit more. And that's something you can do slowly over time. You know, you don't have to go to the store and spend a bunch of money. Just every time you go, get a couple of cans and you can kind of build a little, little supply. I agree. I agree. This is great. And if you have some place in your house that is a designated spot for those things, so much better. Yeah, we have a few actually in our place where the closet has a like the go let's get out of the house bag because it's next to the safe. But we also have like a front closet that has um, like a quicker like let's just get out to come back to the house kind of kit. 
But the uh-huh. stay-at-home stuff is also around the house pretty strategically. Like the water's in a very specific closet that we all know where it's at. We can all reach. Like if if the house was smoky for whatever reason, we could crawl to it and all kind of know where it's at. But each part of that, we, we basically see it like it's our water, liquid, and then our food and those resources. And then like where the matches would go, where the utilities would go, where would how we would repair something is and where your, your your minimal toolkit that you'd need exactly and i think landon did mention flashlights but you just can't mention flashlights enough don't you, you guys can. agree oh yeah oh, i yeah. just got two more if, and if rechargeable batteries all sorts of batteries and sizes and yeah definitely light and candles and matches yeah i also think just because this is a karate based podcast that we should mention that you definitely want to pack some sort of small weaponry for survival and safety. Whether you guys mentioned you put knives in your go kits. We're also knife people. We think that's a a healthy one. String is another one. Some sort of really thin twine is another Mm -hmm. thing you always want to have with you because you can just build from it. Us, definitely. Okay, before we push on here, you got any other really cool ones that you want to add for us? Well, the ones that we talked about in the car... I talked about the the get home bag that stays in the trunk. We also have smaller, like a little fanny pack. I kind of just hook it to the back of the passenger seat so that in the event of, I don't know, an accident or something, you can just grab it. Yeah. So so there's obviously a flashlight, like just in case of the time of day, like the idea being if we were to get rear ended or something where we were in an accident, but can't get inside the trunk where the bag would be. What, what could be a good, like, let me get this around my waist so I'm safe. So we have Band-Aids. We have like a first aid kits in there, flashlight, a multi-tool just in case you need like a screwdriver or something for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Even just like an emergency blanket or something like that. Are those emergency blankets the kind that fold up into, say, the size of a deck of cards? Yes. Uh, the ones that we have are. Yeah, those are wonderful. And going back to hurricanes, I want to mention real quick that last year we did a lot of research and bought a few waterproof bags. They wrap down real tight and so you can put your things in just in case you're in a floodwater situation. Us. Yeah, it's a possibility. Oh, that's great. That's super convenient. That would be really helpful to have an entire bag. All of this is very easy to find online. Online. And they have a ton of them at uh, Bass Pro as well. I know because I went and looked over there. That's it. So I'm sure at other outdoor stores, they have them as well. Us. All righty. I just want to say, I never thought in a million years that if I typed the words go bag into Amazon, it would come up with actual ready-made, ready-to-buy kits. Would you guys have thought that that was true? I would not have thought it until I did it. Same. Us. You don't even have to think about it. Landon just did it again. He just pulled it up. (laughs) I I pulled go bags up and... Let's see how many. There is over 30,000 results. Just on, on Amazon. Just on Amazon. On Not Amazon. even in a Google search. No. And you can get a go bag for as little as $23 to um, as high as I saw one for like Around $400. 400 some dollars, right. Uh, that was for, I think, about a week. So just in case you want it, but you don't really feel like building it. Or using last year's school bag, <laughs> you can just go ahead on Amazon and buy it. Hey, type in MREs and let's see what comes up. I know when I was at BJ's, they were advertising at BJ's.com. You can get food for, I don't know, a month and it's like $200 or something like that. All of these 
prepper foods. I see you found the MREs. So what I'm interested in is about how much does one cost? Uh, so I actually selected this one because it caught my eye. It's by Augustin Farms, and it's actually a lunch and dinner variety pail. So it comes in a five-gallon bucket is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. There's 11 varieties of entrees and soups, including dessert. You can't forget dessert. And <laughs> there is a ton of food in here. Uh, shelf life is ranging, okay, this is scary, from 10 to 30 years. Um, oh, that was scary. But it is seventy ninety-eight. But if I look at some other ones here, there's just some bars that range from probably about 24 to 70 ish. So really easy. I just typed in MRE emergency food supply. I don't know. I, um, now we have to get a couple and, and try them out. We will tell you guys what we find out when we try a couple. And They're hey, coming. what if they what if they tried a couple and they want to let us know, Landon, let's give them all the stuff, including the new one. <laughs> I am so excited. So we have Jojo Conversations at AOL.com, Facebook at Wildcat Dojo. Our website at wildcatdojo.com. Send us a text or voicemail at 954-350-1915. And the new one, you've been waiting for it, Twitter at Wildcat Dojo. So go and check us out on Twitter. Tweet us. Tweet, tweet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Do you have anything else you want to share? Well, there is one thing, and we kind of touched on it, but just... You do have to make sure you go through your bags periodically to switch out anything that is about to expire and then eat it and re- replenish oh, that because yeah. um, we've definitely done that before. We we've made like- that mistake <laughs> once or twice before. Yeah. But what we did was we basically have like a six-month check-in that we just go ahead and put in our phones now where one is on July 4th, which is around both of our birthdays, and the other is uh, between Christmas and New Year's, which is usually time we all have off and it's around our anniversary. So we just put those big dates on our head of like, let's just look through the bags. Let's, we're hanging out anywhere. We're usually on a vacation of some sort. And let's just check in with ourselves. That's, That's really a, smart. I love it's that idea. idea. It's like you can match it with a milestone. So it's super easy to remember. And, and we are all in agreement that we got to clean the bags at, at least once a year. But every six months is definitely better. Yes. And, and you know what? Do, do you hate that part when you open up the bag and the batteries leaked? Ugh. Oh. Ooh, yeah. You know what? Been there, done that, and and batteries all go in Ziploc bags. Exactly. (laughs) I do that now. Mostly everything has to be in some sort of a Ziploc so that it's separated just in case it particularly goes bad. Then all the everything isn't contaminated. That's right. Yes. That's perfect. That's excellent. All right. I do want to thank you both for being on the show. And Paula, a big shout out for coming up with the idea for this podcast. It was great. And it's really going to help a lot of people. Thank you guys for coming. I really enjoyed this. Oh, thanks for having us. This is great. It's time to say goodnight. Bye. Good night. Good night. And I'm signing off for now. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.